Hey, this is Book Circle Online. I'm Jeffrey Masters. Patricia Storrs' new novel, The Book of Heaven, asks, What if a woman's point of view were God's? It reimagines the lives of familiar and fictional women of the Old Testament, whose lives, the book says, are now recorded in the constellations. It is a lyrical and thought-provoking book, and unlike anything I have ever read. Patricia is here today and is going to talk with us right after this. From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm glad we got to chat. Me too. So what first got you interested in this subject? I guess it's a common subject, but from the point of view of a woman. Um, well, uh, lots of different things. I mean, one was that I, um, uh, when I was um, in school in, um, in England, I um, studied the World War I poets. And among other things, but I I um, was very um, haunted by um, a poem of Wilfred Owens, uh, a 1918 poem called "The Parable of the Old Man and the Young." Oh. Is that the one that you brought with you? Yes. Oh, great! Let's hear. It. Yeah, please. I, well, it's it's his retelling of the um, Abraham and Isaac story. Okay. And so I'm going to just read a few lines. Then Abram bound the youth with belts and straps and builded parapets and trenches there and stretched forth the knife to slay his son. When lo, an angel called him out of heaven, saying, Lay not thy hand upon the lad. But the old man would not so, but slew his son and half the seed of Europe one by one. So I, I was um, very haunted by this poem and I... I began to th- sort of think, where is the um, where is the woman in this picture? Um, there's, th- you know, uh, in this story, um, the uh, um, the the mother of of the of the son who is to be sacrificed has no voice. Right. She has no response, and it's, this is her only child. So I began to wonder what how what, how would the story change if she were actually sort of in it. I mean, would she sort of facilitate this and say it's God's will? Or would she say, he's coming for you, run for your life? So that was one thing. So uh, how soon after, that was in school, you're reading this poem, how soon after was the moment where you said, okay, I have to write this book? Well, it, it sort of went it went on and on. Oh, okay. Um, I wrote other books, and, and um, I, wrote a, I wrote a book about Greece. And this also um, was probably another... Another sort of sort of spur, because um, in Greece, as you probably know, there's a peninsula called Mount Athos where women are not allowed to set foot, nor female animals. That's still today. Yes, and okay. it's the um, it's where all the, the sort of many um, branches of um, Greek Russian Orthodoxy have their um, monasteries. And women are, are not allowed to set foot on the peninsula, uh, um, f- you know, for any number of reasons. I mean, they're too profane, or they, um, uh, or the, 
or the Virgin Mary, who's the patron of this, doesn't like other women to come on uh, to the peninsula, or they evoke a paganness that we all want to forget. Um, okay. <laughs> and so Humans and animals. Yes, and, and so it was very interesting to see sort of the politics of that, because our friends, our male friends, would, would go, and some of them would come back sort of looking really beatified, and sort of there was some... You know, a real privilege being exercised. I've seen it. You can't. <laughs> oh, how funny! So that was certainly another thing that made me want to think: uh, where are where are the women in 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 the Bible? So, you know, I began to uh, to read the stories and try to see where the women were, and I was very surprised often by what I read. And then the final piece is that when I am. Um, you know, I had been going to um, to do a much more conventional novel, a historical novel, which I'm still very interested to, to do. But I sort of had a kind of dream that I should do this. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And Tell us about it. <laughs> no, please. I, you know, yeah. I don't really remember the dream. I just remember waking up and, and saying, um, the other novel is not my book. This oh, is really? my book. Um, you know, I don't, for some reason with writers, I don't think that's uncommon. Like, you know, you're so consumed with your work and you go to bed and you're, the like subtleties of your mind are like, no, we should do this. Yes. So then when I, I did it and I, and this project got interrupted by various things too. Um, I had an opportunity to work with a, somebody I wanted to work with and blah, blah. Of course. And, you know, so I just kept on, uh, um, you know, writing incrementally. Um, and then I finally got the opportunity to really sit down with it and um, and concentrate only on it. And when I finished it um, and handed it in, um, then and only then did I remember that back in, in England, where I was with the Wilfred Owen poem, um, the uh, an astrologer had read my chart. She was the cousin of my 17th century tutor. <laughs> okay. And she had read my chart, my astrological chart, and she said, hmm, you could write a kind of Bible one day. <laughs> and I'd Amazing. I'd completely forgotten about it. Wow. So, and so it was meant to be. Um, sort of, someone said it was. <laughs> okay. In the vein of the book, it was written in the stars. <laughs> wow. Was it weird writing a book that has so many, like, preconceived notions about it, though? Yes. Um, it's, you know, I had a lot of technical challenges. Um, you know, one was to, to weave in and out of the story, um, and, you know, to, um, in order to permit um, an, an independent heroine or protagonist, yeah. woman protagonist with a moral life, a real moral life, um, to um, to react to what was happening. So, you know, one thing I had to face was, um, you know, how to um, uh, um, sort of how to. Um, uh, not not make the women too specific physically because you know women's appearances are so often they are themselves and they're symbols of themselves at the same time. Right. So if you knew that 
um, sort of um, the character Surya had long flowing what whatever blonde hair. Right. Her her morality would instantly be blonde. You know. Oh, I see. So I guess for Sheba though, she's such a written like famous character. She had to be dark skinned Yes. Oh, I see. Yes, but I I sort of um, left that very much to to the reader to create them physically in his mind. Oh, or, I see. Um, you know, and then sort of, uh, um, and then of course there's this sort of, uh, you know, there's this sort of sense of transgression. I mean, some of these stories don't end the same way. Of course. And, um, you know, so, and there I, I think my influence was as much musical as it is literary. Um, it took me back to um, growing up in the, um, as a child, being a child in the civil rights era South. Oh, wow. And um, where, you know, before I could judge anything, I was surrounded by dueling stories. Um, uh, this hasn't happened. This has happened. Um, and, uh, and, and black music. Um, uh, um, and, um, you know, the, um, the way the... Um, uh, the way both the jazz singers and um, pop singers and gospel singers tell the truth in a coded way, and they and they tell it with the, with the way they move around the scales, the way they bend the notes. Oh uh, wow! And you know, so um, so I would you know, so I would say uh, I'm a big influence on this is uh, well, Billie Holiday, Nina Simone. Wow! And Billie Holiday. Um, uh, both of them have, have written um, songs about um, the book of Genesis, one being Strange Fruit, ah. in which that is the tree of knowledge. Right. And the other um, is a much more playful Nina Simone song. Um, and uh, uh It was interesting, the like forbidden fruit cropping up throughout all aspects of stories. And, and then even though in the heavens the beginning that the fruit is like the gift. Yes. There were a lot of... I didn't feel controversial reading it, but you did say some radical things. I, um, I guess the, the biggest one that stood out to me was that God is genderless and titleless. I was like, wow. Um, I don't want... <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this entirely, not make it like a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, so you included the Proverbs after each book and... Although even there are proverbs woven within the stories as well, did you just write those and they, did they just come out of you? Or like how long did you work on them? Because there were some very insightful things. I'm just wondering how you kind of created them. Well, I, um, you know, I would really, I mean, doing this was kind of like a seance. I mean, I would go into the voice of the person um, yeah. narrating and often it would really be the thing that would re reveal the story to me. And th there were two where I didn't know until halfway through the chapter who was narrating. Oh. And I would just drive my friends mad. I would say, I don't <laughs> know who I am. <laughs> well, I thought it was so interesting, too, that a bunch of the narrators, or a couple, were men. Yes. Three of them are men. Right. And one of them is a mystery. Is that the child? Or no? Uh, is that a man? The, the child is a boy. Okay. Um, and uh, the, um, um, the well, the other two are male. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, right. 
and oh, I see. you know, and then there's the, the the love story, which is you know, um, there aren't there aren't love stories told by one person. It's always a collaboration, right? So um, that is the um, many voices okay. coming together to tell that story. Wow! And were books in the Old Testament not written by women because they weren't written, or just they were not included? Nobody, nobody really knows. Um, okay. uh, you know, I mean, I guess the sort of, um, you know, I mean, they weren't written. The, the New Testament books weren't written by women either. But, um, uh, you know, I uh, sort of, I guess, sort of, um, uh, the scholarship tells us that a sort of priestly class sort of um, codified the works of the Old Testament, and and um, who knows what they what they um, sort of said goodbye to. Sure. But, and of course, who knows, maybe a woman's voice did creep in here and there. I know. Right. And, um, oh, interesting. But. And then, um, I thought it was so interesting that the press release and all the PR very clearly stayed away from the word feminist. Yeah. Why was that? Um, well, sort of because, um, you know, it's a word that um, it's hard to know what it what it means now because it's oh. so um, it's been so distorted. Sure. And so I didn't uh, I didn't want, and I don't think anyone else wanted people to think this is a book about bashing men. It's not. I know, oh, of course. You know, I have three male narrators. Yeah. And um, and one and one of them is our, um, you know arguably the the greatest truth teller in the book. And um, you know, uh, so uh, so I think of it as uh, humanist. I don't know. Okay. I I think um, sort of, you know, talk radio stuff has just kind of uh, made the word really um, like overly charged. Well, you you know, I want you to think about the book. I don't want you to think about feminism or masculinism or whatever. Oh, uh, I see. You know, I want you to. Ha I, I want the book to be an adventure without preconceptions. Sure. And and the fem and the sort of feminist. Um, you know, adjective now, whether we like it or not, gives some people a preconception. Um, oh, absolutely. So I guess there was enough preconceptions already with this subject. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then before we were talking, you were saying that you reread it recently, just before this interview. What did you think? What, did it surprise you at all? Yes. Um, yes. I. Uh, I was surprised, and I began to see the patterns underneath the patterns that I deliberately made. Oh, I see. And um, I really sort of, um, you know, um, I, I saw um, how there are many more stories in this embedded than the ones we can identify because, uh, you know, it would you'd of have course. five pages of... So, I mean, they're, they're all, there's a retelling of Noah in this, which, you know... I'm sorry, it's much more controversial than Russell Crowe's. <laughs> <laughs> right. You give the wife a name. Yes. It stood out to me. Yes. I gasped. I said, oh, I've never heard her name before. <laughs> yes. And then I said, oh, that's horrible that, you know, we've heard so many Noah and flood versions, and it's always been Noah's wife. Yes. A mother. And I was like, oh, I guess she can have an identity. Yeah. That's allowed nowadays. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. And how did the book change while you were writing it? Um, well, it, 
some of the ways it changed were technical problems too. You know, I um, and I did um, I did write the chapters in the order that they're in. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and you know, in the second chapter, for instance, I wanted very much to um, have that uh, protagonist be a polytheist. Yeah. Because they're very demonized in the original book, and um, so I wanted to sort of um, try and imagine. Um, how, what, what it would be like um, for it to be natural to to have the whole world around you animated with divinity, oh. and you know, and the and the, I thought, how can I do this and make this natural? And I thought, of course, she she can she has to be a cook because there are no monotheists in the kitchen. <laughs> You know, because that's that's where um, our pagan roots come back to life. Of course. And, I mean, all our ceremonial food has pagan roots, and that's where you cook pancakes, which, after all, were part of sun worship. And oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that that round, round shape. Oh, no. <laughs> I love the characters' reactions, to to her. Like, oh, you believe in multiple gods? That's really sweet. Yes. Like, oh, good for you. That's not correct, but that's cute. Yeah. I was like, oh. It was um, sort of more accepting, though. Than they have nowadays with religion. Yes, um, yes. And the details of the story, um, like how she was a, the ghost in the culture, like below slaves, and with like Abraham being the iconoclasts, did those come from history or did you uh, create those as the writer? Um, well, you know, the sort of, I mean, each of these is set in a really. Um, 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 in, a, in, a, in an imaginary civilization. Yes. But um, but the really shocking thing is that um, pretty much all the elements um, uh, of the societies are are taken straight from uh, history, from societies that human beings have devised. Um, oh, really? Yes. If you um, if you if you uh, go to the the third chapter. Um, uh, there is a, um, um, a very, uh, which is which has a lot to do with the Book of Job, but there's also sort of embedded in it a little portrait of, of King James, the maker of the King James Bible. Oh, was there? Yes, and he um, and he was a very complicated figure because he made this um, you know magnificent rhetoric that we all um, that is sort of. Um, you know, one of the signature books of Western civilization, and you know, and, and really the American um, uh, so so woven into um, sure. And uh, but um, he also uh, was a um, a dedicated witch hunter, and uh, he um, he wrote his own book, um, not one he commissioned, but he wrote his own book in in 1597 uh, called Demonology. And it was um, a treatise on how identi identifying witches, hunting them. Oh, really? And some of the uh, stories that are um, uh, that are woven into that chapter um, allude to this, because he um, uh, um, personally um, uh, interrogated, and that means supervised the torture of uh, a woman named Agnes Sampson, who was a midwife. Um, uh, and he, she was accused of being a witch because uh, it was um, uh, against God's will to alleviate pain in childbirth. Oh, of course it is. Of course. 
So as a man, <laughs> yeah. So she she got um, you know tortured and executed, and King James was personally involved in that. Wow. So there, of course, there's some, you know, um, um, there's a lot of questions to raise about sort of um, you know the. Um, uh, the, the certainty of virtue and of goodness and um, yeah. and uh, and the and the uh, terrible cruelty that um, can be thought of as you know n- you know necessary divine yeah. you know it's interesting that every culture sort of has like a witch hunt at some point in their past and yet a lot of them are like literally for witches and that just um, there's never like the proof. <laughs> I mean, ov- obviously we're looking at it from many, many years yeah. later, but there's no. Well, there's still there's still witch hunting going on in in, di- in different parts of the world, and perhaps even here. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> Not that I've heard. <laughs> oh, you're saying for witches, witches? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm seeing for um, sort of. Um, uh, for, um, perhaps for particular understandings of, um, of of what it's appropriate for women to be, um, uh. and uh, you know um, the uh, sort of um, um, you know he um, King James really didn't didn't um, he he had, he had an extraordinary background. I mean, and uh, so and he's too dark and complicated a figure to go into, but sure. much. But he maybe that's why, like my teacher, has always left out the witch hunt. Well, but there is this this shadow side, you know, and um, sort of there are. I mean, you know, um, there are people there are people who are quite happy to to tell you that torture is fine. Um, so that oh, interesting. you know that's um, also. Um, um, part of uh, what I'm reflecting on in that chapter, um, you know, um, uh, sort of, um, you know, where um, where we've come, where we've come now in in the um, attempt uh, uh, to legitimize torture and to use language that doesn't identify it as torture. Oh, interesting. So that's part of it that's in there. Wow. Um, and I thought all these women were fleshed out, but also very, like, real sexual women who had sexual desires, and rape was such, like, a massive role in their cultures. And I thought it was interesting that, was it, is it Saver or Savor? Saver. Saver. I thought that her kind of ugliness protected her from it, yeah. and yet Rain's prettiness, like, ensured it. Yes, it yes. It was interesting back then. Yes, and then, in, you know, and then you see, too, that the, you know, the, a lot of, the, some of the women characters are really complicit in this. And yeah. The whole culture was almost like, oh, this is just a part of it. It's yes. not good, but, you know, we can't stop the rain. Yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, and in the, there, there's also sort of, um, one of the themes that runs through the book is sort of to the um, kind of, um, um, what is a mother, you know? And um, sort of, um, you know, everyone takes this as a sort of um, an, a purely natural relationship, um, uh, but it's also an ethical relationship. You know, um, if you've done something pretty profound if you um, have born somebody that um, you're that w- that will outlive you and yes. that you can't protect in that a- after a certain point. Yeah. You know, and what was the quote? Uh, 
a mother is the only person who takes someone's life into their own hands that they don't know. Yes. I butchered it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's written much nicer in the book. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I was, I had to read the Proverbs very slowly because they, I mean, the whole book just really made me think and in a, in a nice way. Well, in a wonderful way, obviously. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I mean, it really is, um, a sort of an adventure story. Yes. Because it, it, it is trying, it wants to, I want to take you to places you've never been. Yeah. I want to take you places you've never been inside yourself as well as outside. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Or places that I've been but I've never put words to. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, savers with the cooking and, um, pairing food with people and, like, the culture and, yes. uh, yeah, my family is very much about, like, food is, like, the religion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, that, that chapter really spoke to me. Yes. Well, um, you know, that another, another thing I really hoped to do um, in that chapter and in the Sheba chapter was to sort of uh, explore the ways in which, you know, our vocabulary for, um, for suffering uh, is much richer than our vocabulary for love. Um, and, you know, and, and with, with food, I mean, um, sort of, we're only at the outset of really describing um, w- what, what, it, what it does to us to cook and eat. Um, you sure. know, uh, you, come, you come back from uh, a meal and you say, that was delicious. But what does that mean, you know? Yeah. But, so I'm looking for, I'm pu- trying to push the descriptions of... Oh, interesting. So kind of like our descripting words f- are lacking. Yes. Beyond delicious. Yes. How so? Yes. Where are, where are, where is our, uh, the, our vocabulary for joy with all its nuances? Um, because the, the more we examine that, maybe the more capacity we have for joy. Oh, wow. Does that go back to just language and words being created? We just, was that just, is it, was that a fault almost or just what happened? Well, I think, um, it's, it's a, it's a little, it's a, I, I look at it a little bit in the, in, in the fourth chapter with the character Noctis the Bridge, who, sure. who is talking about how much easier it is, um, for, um, uh, for somebody to play tragedy. She's a, um, in a culture where acting is very important. Sure. So she says, um, a tragic character um, drowns, um, and you know how to play that, but a comic character walks on water. Oh, <laughs> you know? wow. Wow. So. Oh, I, oh, interesting. And, oh, okay. <laughs> Just like in a pause moment to think. I wonder why that is. Did you give, try to explore, like, the vocabulary for joy, kind of bring, or is that beyond kind of, like, modern writing, like, creating words? Is that not accepted anymore? Um, I think, you know, we have, we have to um, find the language for our, for our characters and for our, and, and for the things that are happening to them, whether it's accepted or not, you know. Yeah. I, I did very deliberately, um, sort of, um, uh, you know, avoid the kind of, um, um, you know, what Rebe- the novelist Rebecca West used to call the tough baby, the, uh, the hard-boiled um, realism. Uh, sure. So I, I, um, I thought, no, this is, this is, these are 
these are adventures. Um, there's an element of magic in them. There, yeah. um, I I want I need the language to, I need to just um, sort of sort of um, let it take me wherever it can take me. And um, I feel like that helped also the cultures go into like otherworldly lands. Like I loved in uh, the Book of Rain the use of funeral mourning performance as like a way of catharsis. Yeah. Like just expected um, choreography and rehearsal and prescribed emotions for like an understood catharsis. Yes. In his performance. Yeah. And she deprived them of that and they were uh, livid. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you can't do your dance, I can't mourn. Yes. Yeah, that spoke to me. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, so, um, you know, so again, going back to the um, to the um, singers like Nina Simone and yeah. Billie Holiday and um, and the great Mahalia Jackson. I mean, it would sort of um, um, uh, you you can you can hear they they take what they're singing so far beyond uh, the conventional way of singing it. Yes. And so I'm trying to do, to do that here. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm uh, deliberately using the language more formally than, um, of course. Um, than is the convention right now. And in that quest, why did you choose to change the character names from the ones in the Old Testament? Um, because uh, the, the minute you um, the minute you gave them the Old Testament names, yes. or they would be um, pulled back uh, as if in a science fiction movie into their archetypes. Oh. There just wasn't a way to do it. Um, it was the only way for them to break out of that. To to break out of it. Um, to I rearranged the molecules of, of these stories. You know. Yes. And the names were they're new molecules. <laughs> okay. Because it wasn't until like the uh, goddess constellation made it to Earth that I said, oh, it's Eve. Yes. But think what would have happened if you'd write off sort of known... This is Eve. Yes. I'm, you know, you, you would have... Um, uh, the 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 story you 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 grew up with you know you uh, yeah. the cultural story w- it would overlay um, and she could never get free of that story um, oh, in our mind like the readers minds yes oh that's interesting yes and then and so is she meeting so uh, it's the constellations and the heavens um, is she meeting the characters along the way is that or is, is that who's presenting the apple to them. Um, the yes, she's she's meeting the, um, uh, the 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 women each of each of whom um, has um, is the story of a con- of the forming of a new yes. constellation. So she's she's meeting them in a heaven that she didn't know existed. Right. And um, and that's what we're um, I'm hoping we're doing. You know. Yes. <laughs> it's going to a heaven we didn't know existed. <laughs> Absolutely. Or in one chapter, really going to a hell. Yeah, uh, because the rain chapter, um, you know, um, is, um, you know, uh, she really is sent to hell, and, you know, uh, she um, sort of, um, um, and to me, it's a much scarier hell than the, the hell we're used to, um, sort of, because that's a hell of, of, um, of cruelty, but um, and torture and horror. Um, but it's a given that everyone deserves it. What if somebody right. who doesn't deserve it is trapped there? Oh. You know, what if there's somebody who, 
who yearns for the good, who yearns for love and is trapped in hell. And that, that's, that's suffering. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I thought it was, I don't remember if it was that chapter or book, but um, because of Eve's sins, they have the potential to be suffering in the afterlife as well. Yes. Um, that's, that's the conventional Eve. Right. Yes. Um, you know, but... Uh, so that's so that's uh, so that's wonderful that you that you uh, read it. You weren't quite sure who she was, and then you yeah. realized. I think I was probably at an advantage because my I didn't have a terribly religiously educated childhood, a Catholic father and a Jewish mother. So it was like a mishmash, and I feel fortunate because I got to choose what religion I liked better. But um, yeah, so a lot of these stories were new to me, and then I went back to see like, okay, who was it based on, and. Yes. It was a nice clean slate to read the book on. Yes. And a lot of times you see when you're, you know, when I went back to it and read it yeah. in order to really um, grapple with these stories, I mean, I sort of thought, I've never read this. I've never read this. <laughs> <laughs> and is that with all your work? Um, well, um, yes, pretty much. Because okay. I was very impressed. With you have such a, like, wide variety of published work with the poems and the travel memoir, the Book of Heaven, the children's books set in the Caribbean. Yes. I, it, it, looking at the body of work, uh, it makes sense, and now talking to you, that like this one person created everything. But how does one kind of dabble in everything? Is that just, do writers choose? Is that your choice? Um, well, one, one thing was, uh, sort of is, that I, I really... Um, uh, you know this um, sort of as a craft. It's just so it's so exciting to me um, to um, to learn another aspect of it. And um, uh, so um, that's one one thing. The and the crossing the genres that each attempt is, is sort of um, um, you know uh, le- um, you know let me. Um, uh, let me see if, if I can learn something new here about this great craft, and you know. Uh, sure. Um, um, but and there, but there, um, you know, uh, the children's book was a, for me a big, a big challenge because I, I was, and this you can see the relation to to the Book of Heaven here because I wanted to tell a classic fairy tale, but with um, with a black hero and heroine. Uh, not the sidekicks, but the hero and heroine. Sure. So, um... Amazing. So I, uh... Sorry, I just read, not to interrupt you, I just read um, an article yesterday that I believe out of all of the books published this uh, last year, 93% were white main characters. Yes. Well, you know, not so in, in my yeah. in my library, but, um, you know, so I, uh... Uh, so I, I thought, and again, you'll see the re- the sort of relationship between my questioning the stories. Um, I said, why, 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 why is Rapunzel always blonde? <laughs> and and it's clear that if if you can climb up this magnificent grapevine of hair, she's black. <laughs> <laughs> it's thicker. It's easier to yes, climb. Yes, you know, the blonde one oh, would be getting funny. split ends and things. And <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I um. You know, uh, so I really wanted to do that, and um, you know, and uh, um, have the uh, 
have a whole different idea of princes and princesses, sure. you know, because the 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 the, the, the prince is uh, well, he's the um, He's the, he's the winner every year of, a, the, of, the, of an island song contest. So he's the king of song. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, so you can see uh, the thread the, the there. The connections, sure. Mm. What are you working on now? Um, well, at, at the moment, I'm uh, trying to um, think about what my next book will be. And um, I... Um, I think it'll probably be um, the next one will be a nonfiction, and then I'll go back to um, oh, great. to uh, fiction um, because I I lived with these people so long, and um, you know, and people would come to dinner, and I wouldn't really be there. You know, I'd be sort of with these people in my book. Okay. <laughs> so it would be nice to uh, get back to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will it be a travel memoir again? Um, it'll be a, a travel memoir with a lot of theater. Oh, great! Um, I, um, I'm I'm hoping that I'll I'll be looking intimately at a um, at a at, the, at a at a production, uh, and um, and that I will use the production to sort of um, describe the um, the world I'm traveling in outside. Wow! So um, I thought it was interesting not to become Sigmund Freud, but um, in dinner with Persephone, um, you say that growing up. Not knowing your birth parents, it, it's this m- large, massive presence that's not in your life. But it's there, but just not in face to face. And then reading the Book of Heaven, I was like, oh, and that's God. Yeah, <laughs> that's, very, that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Yes. And, uh, you know. Did you grow up with a religious family? Uh, no. Um, I. Uh, I didn't, um, and uh, um, you know, and I uh, sort of um, uh, have um, you know have many many elements in in my background too, um, uh, um, but uh, sort of um, I think uh, you know uh, from you know for me the first thing is uh, sort of reverence for humanity and. Through that um, finding divinity. Oh wow! Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a great place to leave it at. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Thank you again. Absolutely. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.